With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Gang's all here, including Fritzy, ready to go. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. That'll be coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. If you'd like to be part of the program, Operator Tyler standing by. Good morning. If you're watching on Peacock, thank you for downloading the app and uh, our radio affiliates as well. By the way, get ready for the first ever streaming exclusive NFL game in history. The NFL holiday exclusive on Peacock. It's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They will face the Chargers in Los Angeles. That'll be uh, streaming this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. I'm already looking ahead to next week, and it's not fair because we're still digesting what happened over the weekend. But the Saints go to the Rams. That's Thursday night. And that's a big game for both of these teams. Dallas will be at Miami. Miami has three good teams. We're going to find out a lot about Miami. They host the Cowboys. They're at Baltimore. And then they host Buffalo. Tyreek Hill's availability, still in doubt. And then Baltimore at San Francisco a week from today. How good is that? That could be one of those Lamar Jackson wins the MVP with a win in San Francisco against Brock Purdy. Or Brock Purdy could win the MVP if he has another good performance and they beat Baltimore in San Francisco. All right, Seton, poll question for hour two as we uh, lead off. Matt Hasselbeck, the former NFL quarterback, will tell us why the Dallas Cowboys struggled against the Buffalo Bills. Got one here from Pauly for hour two. It's which do you most agree with? All right. Kadarius Tony will be responsible for a playoff win or playoff loss for the Chiefs. These this are is all a little up. wordy. These are all a little wordy. <laughs> oh, there's more to it. It's not just that. That's one option okay. of a okay. five leg poll. Okay. This is setting up for Kadarius Tony has a performance in the playoffs where the Chiefs either say, hey, Told you so. We're backing our guy. This guy is really good. That's why he's still on the team. Or, oh, Kadarius Tony did it again. It feels very clear that the NFL storyline is setting up a hero or zero yes, yes. narrative for, yeah. for Kadarius Tony. He's either going to make the most amazing play that justifies everything and the team sticking with him, or it's going to just be the most costly yes. error yes. that it's going to be like, God, this dude. 
And it feels like he's either playing at a really high level or he's injured or he's dropping a big, big pass. Feels like those are the three options that you have with Kadarius Tony. And there was one yesterday where Patrick Mahomes, I know you may be back in your guy, but Patrick Mahomes was not back in his guy when he went to the sidelines. You're Patrick Mahomes. The camera's going to be on you, good or bad. And Mahomes is like, you cost me an interception there. All right, who else is on the uh, five-leg parlay? <laughs> what do you most agree with? Uh, Lamar Jackson is the most valuable player in the league and will not win the award. Okay. I, as I've said, that I think he does more for his team than any other quarterback. He has to do more for his team than any other quarterback. I don't think you could get sort of a, a pedestrian-type performance from him and win games. I Josh Allen didn't play well yesterday, and they ended up beating Dallas at home. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has to be great every single time. It feels like Lamar needs to be at least very good each game for them to win. And he's on pace for 3,700 yards passing and 900 yards rushing, which has never been done before. I, I think if they're the number one seed in the AFC, that'll help because the last 10 years, you've either been the number one or number two seed quarterback. Or your team's the number one or number two seed. And you're going to have to. Because Brock Purdy's going to end up as the number one seed, it looks like, in the NFC. And if you're that in the AFC, then maybe those are the uh, two leading candidates. Who else, Seton? The Buccaneers sh- should stick with Baker Mayfield going forward. He's a quality NFL starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew is going to start a playoff game this season. I would say, yeah, okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback? Any thoughts there? He he acted like it yesterday at Lambeau. I mean, he has that he's always had confidence. He's never played as well as the confidence level that he has. Right, this is what he does. He has a great week, and you're like, look, Baker is back, and all of a sudden, Baker in the press conferences, he's back, and he's throwing shots at everybody and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, two weeks into his great comeback, it's like, oh, there you go. Zero TDs, four interceptions. There's Baker. Here is Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers head coach, on what Baker means to the Buccaneers. He's meant everything, you know, from a mental standpoint to a quarterback standpoint making plays from a toughness standpoint from a leadership standpoint he's done everything he's checked all the boxes he's doing all the right things now and you know can't say enough about him okay but is your your starting quarterback next year he might be because of where they're going to be in the draft are they going to get a quarterback who's better are they going to get into a position to be able to take a better quarterback? Yes, Mark. And if they win the division, if you're ownership, you're not going to say, hey, we just won the division no matter how bad we think it is or how bad it actually is. You're not going to replace the quarterback off of a division-winning team, right? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Yes, Paul. You know, Mayfield this year has got 24 touchdowns and eight picks, and it feels like, all right, that's, that's nice. But you know, when he was 25 years old, uh, his third year in Cleveland, he was 11-5, and five, threw for th- almost 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns and eight picks. Then he got injured and was banged up for a year and a half. He's in his quarterback prime of 28. They may have stumbled into something, Tampa. Yeah, maybe. It, it's weird because it is week to week, but if you watch this week, you're like, oh, that guy could play. Like, every down. Who else do you have, Seton? 
Uh, I think that's what we got right now for that for that one. Okay. I think we're going to go with a four-leg part. All right. What's the uh, recap from the first hour? Uh, the recap from the first hour. Who had the best weekend? Uh, let me go to the Twitter All right. machine. Uh, uh, who had the best weekend? Right now, the Bills are still running away with that one. Who had the worst weekend? Cowboys, not even close. So you're looking at home field advantage. Baltimore 11-3, and three, game up on Miami, and two games up on Kansas City. Kansas City's remaining games. They will have a uh, home game with the Raiders, home game with the Bengals. They'll be at the Chargers. That's pretty easy. Baltimore at the Niners, host Miami, host Pittsburgh. Now, you can say Pittsburgh not very good or consistent, but in, in that rivalry, and that's the best rivalry we have in the NFL, Pittsburgh can win that game. Miami has Dallas. They're at Baltimore, and then they host Buffalo. Wow. So you're gonna, you might have Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami, and then whoever wins the AFC South will be in it, the number four seed. Then Cleveland, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Man. Who would have thought? You know, you, you, at the beginning of the year, if I said, hey, these quarterbacks won't be healthy at the end of the year, or these teams will be in the playoff hunt. Now, if I said a team out of the NFC – might not have a winning record, you'd go, yeah, I could see that. The AFC South, hey, the Texans and the Colts are going to be breathing down Jacksonville's throat, and you'd be like, nah, I'm not going to buy into that. The Browns are going to lose to Sean Watson. The Colts lose their rookie quarterback first week. Like That's why the NFL is so popular, because you can't script it. Every year, every week, it feels like we go, how did that happen? Who is that guy? Like tonight, you know, Seattle playing host. And you're going, well, Seattle should beat Philadelphia minus three against Seattle. Home dog on a Monday night. Seattle, we're waiting for Seattle to maybe have one of those games. And the Eagles always keep in the game. They play close games here. And if Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, you're on the road. Would this surprise anybody if Seattle won? The answer is no. Yeah, Mark. This year, the NFL has a real college basketball feel to it because it'd be like, oh, you know, this team could be a Cinderella team. This this team can get to the Final Four. But at the end, it's still going to be Chiefs, Niners, Niners, mm. Ravens. Mm. It's still going to be the top dogs to me. Yeah, but there's always Arizona as a number one seed in March Madness, right? True. Like, hey, Arizona, number one seed. And then, uh, and Arizona has been knocked off. And I'm like, yeah. they were my Chargers that it felt like, you know, this is the year for the Chargers. And then all of a sudden, you know, they flame out. Although Arizona does get at least to the status of being a number one seed. But Arizona, so you might have that. You might come down to the Blue Bloods where you go, all right, there's going to be those four teams that are going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah, Paul. And with college football, we don't completely jump off a team's bandwagon from week to week. Like Alabama has an off week against a team. Like, well, they're not going anywhere. They're a mess. That they should fire everybody. We don't do that in college football. And like the Cowboys have outscored their opponents this year by 167 points. But today, if, would anyone bet on them to be in the Super Bowl? No, not not this morning. They wouldn't. No. But if all of a sudden they start to win a couple of these games, if they beat Miami, then you're going to go. All right, okay. Like, this, this is, of the two teams that you're not quite sure, Miami is up there for me. 
where I go, I don't know. I don't know. And Dallas is up there, and they're really talented. But it's week to week. There are very few teams where you don't go week to week where you go, yeah, I don't know. Or, uh-huh. Look out for them. Yeah, Paul? The, the 49ers are 11-3. and three. The Eagles are 10-3. and three. So they're almost identical records. The Niners have outscored their opponents by 191 points, best in football. The Eagles have outscored their opponents this year by 21 points. That's like what a 500 team would have, a plus ratio of 21 points. Stat of the Not day, really, no. Stat of the day. No, it's stat of the day. Ish? Yeah, no, it's stat of the day. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. go to stat of the day. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I got to get a sponsor in here, Plug. Oh, yeah, let's go. Hmm. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Bob, Bob. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Oh, yes. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Barry in Santa Fe. Barry, how about those Jets? Good morning, fellas. Good morning, chat row. Uh, Best of the weekend, uh, first of all. Uh, happy birthday to the coolest person on earth, Keith Richards. Uh, worst of the weekend, listen, uh, I'm usually not the kind of guy who says, I told you so. However, <laughs> to all the Midniks who were doing uh, calculus, figuring it out, how the Jets were going to get in the playoffs, I told you so. I told you this team was going to go back to state And And uh, if I had to give Zach a uh, grade, I'd give him incomplete not because he didn't uh, finish the game, just because he had a 0.0 chance against that, uh, with, with that sieve of an offensive line. All right. What well, moment. I would think an incomplete would be apropos for that kind of quarterback and incomplete for that course. By the way, congratulations. That's 13 consecutive seasons the Jets have not made the playoffs. Congratulations for your consistency. Uh, ben in Montana. Hi, Ben. What's on your mind today? Yeah, morning, guys. Have a best and worst for you, kind of a FCS theme. Best has to be the uh, Montana Grizzlies beating North Dakota State in double overtime in the semifinals, and then uh, poor University of Albany fell 59-0 to against uh, South Dakota State. And uh, as kind of a follow-up, any, any of you guys catch the games? I, I did. I did. Um, I tried to watch a lot. I was even watching Division Three. You know, it's it's always fun. I, I, I love watching the title games. And, you know, unfortunately, you get some blowouts there. But I, I do watch the uh, Division three, you know, one double A. I enjoy it. And then there's always, I mean, that's how I first stumbled upon Cooper Cup and Jimmy Garoppolo because they were playing in playoff games. And all of a sudden you go, that guy's pretty good. I remember first time that I watched Cooper Cup. And Paulie goes, you got to watch this guy. He's really good. He does a post pattern. Starting the game, it's like he goes down, fakes right, boom, towards the goalpost, touchdown. I go, all right, well, okay, all right, seems like pretty good. Next time, boom, throwing it to Cooper Cup, and I go, this guy had he had seventeen catches. <laughs> I'm going, um, nobody can cover him. Oh, well, he won't be able to play in the NFL. He's not fast enough. He's just fast enough. He's one of those guys who's just fast enough. Jerry Rice was never fast. He was just fast enough. And there's certain players where you go, I don't know how he does it. Because I remember when Rice came in, and he was really thin. And I thought, he's going to get crushed. And 
he just had this. You never caught him from behind. For a guy who wasn't considered fast, he was always just fast enough. Uh, Jesse in St. Louis. Hi, Jess. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Five, seven, buck and a half. Just the best investor of the weekend. Boys trip to Cincinnati. What a great underrated city in America. We went to the game. What a fantastic game. They were playing Todd Rundgren throughout the game. Thought of you boys. Wanted to call and wish you a happy holidays. Thanks for everything. You guys are always on point this time of year. And I speak for everyone when I say thank you. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you, Jesse. I like that. Yeah, Paul. We were in the garage during that playoff game, and they were playing a little, I don't want to work, I want to bang on these drums all day. We heard it going to break. Yeah. And we gathered around at the uh, Christmas party. Had Chad and the Traeger folks there. We had a grill that's a trailer. They they don't make them anymore, but it has brake lights on it. it. It hooks up to the big German's truck. He brought it over, backed it in, had a fire pit there. We had burnt ends, uh, Wagyu. We had some chicken. We had beer on tap, Miller Lite on tap, 50 degrees, good to go, sunshine. And I was strategically placed outside where I would say hello to you, and then I would say goodbye to you. So I didn't have to go inside. You're like a Walmart greeter. There was a mosh pit inside. And, and I'm like, hi, how are you? Hug, hug. Oh, okay. You can put that bottle of wine over there. Yeah, everybody's inside. And then they'd come out and go, hey, great party. Great to see you. See you next year. And Marvin's son has, has come tradition. He always wants to get into the uh, upper part of my garage for some reason because he says, I'm bored. Hey, both, I'm bored. Can I go up in the, uh, the uh, garage? And I go, no, no. I told you that last year. I said, I tell you that every year. Both, I've only been here two years. I said, well, remember this next year because no, you can't climb up the ladder into the garage. Marvin, what's going on? You're lucky because he had many more questions. <laughs> And I was like, and my wife was like, we can't ask those type of questions. Those are personal questions. <laughs> He's a character, man. He, he had a whole group of kids following him that they were doing a scavenger hunt, hide and seek, the whole thing. You're oh, yeah. Oh, my, my wife called him going through the house, and she goes, what the bleep are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to go through the house. She said, basement outside. She's like, don't play in this house. He, he goes, it's not a house. It's a mansion. Yes, yes, Todd. More importantly, how about those chocolate dipped Oreos the princes brought? That were lovely. Oh, I didn't dessert. have any of those. I did not have those. Oh, the Oreo balls. Oh, I forgot all about that. Fritzy brought donuts, and you you had Oreo balls. Yeah, I didn't. didn't. Polly, what'd you bring? I don't know. Whatever my wife brought. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. She's. I have no idea. Seton's wife brought a plant. Oh, yeah. It stood out. Try to change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Thank you, Todd, though, bringing the uh, donuts again. It is my pleasure. I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, my Tasties. wife set everything up. Those are the best. Um, Matt Hasselbeck is hopefully going to join us. I guess uh, there's a there's bad storms here on the East Coast and a power outage in Boston, which is where Matt lives, so he's trying to find a uh, hot spot where he can join us. Hopefully he'll join us next. More phone calls as well this Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. We will give you hours coming up as well. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If I gave you the Niners or the field to win the Super Bowl, what would you take? I'd still take the field, but I'd do so begrudgingly. Because the Niners, I know they had that dip. You know, it's amazing when you go, they lost three in a row. But they didn't have Debo Samuel, Trent Williams. Get those guys back, and then all of a sudden, it's back to normal for that team. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. He's former NFL quarterback, led the Seahawks to uh, the NFC Championship and went to a Super Bowl. Former ESPN analyst Matt Hasselbeck on the program. How's life there, Matt? You doing okay? 
I'm doing great. It's a little different. I've uh, been coaching high school football, having a blast. Our season just ended last Wednesday, and uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, it's very rewarding. And, um, you know, I'm really sort of thankful for the opportunity this year. Okay. If people are watching on Peacock, they can see all the footballs back there, all the helmets back there. What's the one thing that you go, that's my prized possession of everything I have there? Man, none of it. You know, like I grew up, my dad played my, my dad played in the NFL and like he'd get these game balls. You know, he played nine years for four teams. And like me and my brothers, we would just like scuff those game balls up. Like it'd be like, oh, Orange Bowl, Colorado versus Ohio State. It'd be like, this was given to you by Bill Parcells, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we just, that's what we played with, man. Like, like I have the Marshawn, I, I guess I, I didn't know this at the time. I had the Marshawn Lynch beastquake ball you know from that big wild card game it was in my daughter's room for a while like that dog was probably chewed on by my dog you know what I mean so like uh, sort of none of it I don't know what else to do with it it's uh I don't know it's just stuff it's the memories I think that matter more to me okay should a team with a losing record be able to host a playoff game well, I'm super biased because we were seven and nine in Seattle in 2010 when uh, Pete Carroll was first year head coach. We had a tough year. And then for whatever reason, the defending world champion, New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, um, they were the wild card team and had to come play us at seven and nine. And we won the game. You know, so but but I, I tell people a lot, uh, you know, a lot about this. And I was talking to my high school team about this this year. Pete Carroll had us believing that we were not seven and nine. Like they all, everyone in the NFL says, hey, you gotta just gotta play your best football at the end of the year. Pete Carroll had us believing that. We are zero and zero. They are zero and zero. We deserve to be here. And I think that was a big reason that, you know, we played so well that day and we, and we beat them. So, uh, no, it doesn't make sense. But like playoff football and NFL football doesn't make sense sometimes. And I'm always told, well, rah rah doesn't work in the NFL, college guy doesn't work in the NFL. Why is Pete Carroll, a rah-rah guy, the oldest coach in the NFL, even though he doesn't act it, how does that work? And I was 35 years old when I was his starting quarterback. And the last thing I wanted was this, like, rah-rah college guy. Like, I, I was just not going to be into it. Bag drills, you got to tap, like, the, the top of the door before you walk into every room, before you go out to practice. Like, I wanted to hate it. I literally wanted to hate it. And listen, back then, 35 years old as a starting quarterback was like ancient. You know, Tom Brady and people have like blown that out of the water. But back then, you know, so like all I can say is I thought he was incredible as a head coach. Like he had like a John Wooden quality about him where like on Wednesdays, our coaches, our assistant coaches, we weren't even allowed to talk about who we were playing next. It was just about us versus us, our best versus our best, our ones versus our ones, which is very different in the NFL. So I didn't necessarily think it was uh, it was as raw, raw as it was. We're going to do everything right. And the score will take care of itself, which for me is a Bill Walsh thing that I learned from Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid, and I believed in that. And and so, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Pete. I think he does a great job. As we like to do, we look at, you know, the Bills or the Cowboys. If you're looking at a game, do we look and praise the Bills for what they did or we, you know, spend that time criticizing the Cowboys? And I, I don't know X's and O's at, at, at a level to discuss this, but i only taking what I saw, and that's, Buffalo's defense, two high safeties seem to frustrate or confuse Dak Prescott. Can you explain what they were doing that made him seem really pedestrian? 
I'll make it even simpler than that. You know, when you travel the country, you meet NFL fans, okay? There are very few fans that are as great as the Buffalo Bill fans, right? They're just, they're special that way. I mean, there, there are other fan bases that are great, but mostly what you hear from Buffalo Bills fans is like, they'll tell you the story when they went and saw Bill's game. Okay, and I would just say the same thing, throw kind of the X's and O's out a little bit. You talk to NFL quarterbacks, where do you hate to play? On the list, on the podium, is I hate to play in Buffalo in December. And that was before they had Josh Allen. So I just think that when you go on the road, there's a crazy crown on that field. It kind of throws people off a little bit. The weather, the wind, uh, they play this stupid horn. Uh, not when you're at the line of scrimmage, but when you're in the huddle trying to call a play. So if you have a play that's called 29 techs and there's another play that's called 28 tax and you're expecting your, you know, I'm from Boston and my left tackles from Alabama and you're expecting him to hear it perfectly. Just the communications at the line of scrimmage in the huddle, like anyone who's played in Buffalo, you're just like, yeah, I get it. it like They look like a high school team that hasn't practiced, but it's hard to go on the road. That's why this home field advantage thing matters so much. And it matters more for some than it does for others. And think about, think back to like when I was growing up, the Bills were going to four consecutive Super Bowls. A big, big part of that was how hard it was for the Raiders, for the Dolphins, for certain people to go up there and play in Buffalo. It's a real thing. But do you think Buffalo had that game plan? They were going to run the ball 40 times against Dallas? Who, who, like, who are you? Buffalo doesn't run the ball like that. They, they really don't know. But what happens when you're a play caller, if something works, you keep doing it until the other team proves they have an answer for it. It happens in blitz. Like, I remember one time we were playing the Philadelphia Eagles, an early start for me. They brought this, like, Brian Dawkins and another linebacker blitz four times a game. Like, that was all they were ever going to bring it. So, like, we weren't going to worry about it too much. Well, guess what? We never picked it up in those four times. So guess what? It was blood in the water. We saw it probably 14 times, but we had no answer. And so, like, I think that's a little bit what happened last night. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And maybe a little bit with the Eagles. Like, tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost this game. Um, the Niners, it feels like we know who they are. How many teams do you think you go... I know exactly who that team is, whether they're on the road or they're at home. Uh, there's some teams that you feel really confident in. You know, when the 49ers are healthy, when Brock Purdy's healthy, I think you feel really confident in that team. But it's also the NFL. I mean, it's also the NFL. Like, anybody can win. There's a reason they say any given Sunday. They don't say any given Saturday. They don't say any given Friday night. This is the NFL. And, you know, you come into a, a game plan with what you think is going to work. Or, you know, these guys are human. Like, how many times have you seen the best team in football lose to a team that's never won? It's just, I remember when I was playing the Detroit Lions where they went 0-16 that year, that one year. And, like, no one wanted to be the team that lost to the Lions. But, like, every single one of us could have been that team. Like, they weren't that bad. They really weren't. But it's just, uh, you know, I think it's part of what's great about the, about the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. Talking to Matt Hasselbeck, former NFL quarterback and uh, former member of uh, ESPN. You know, you start to look at MVP candidates. And I don't know what your criteria is on what is most valuable. I, I've said all along that I don't know if a team asks their quarterback to do more for them than Baltimore does with Lamar Jackson. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean Brock Purdy 
shouldn't or can't win or if it's Tyreek Hill or whoever else we're throwing in there. But uh, how do you decide who is an MVP? What is the criteria? Like, who knows? It's not the Heisman. I know that. You know, that's not what it is. Um, There's going to be guys like that deserve it. And I think as the season comes to to an end, like it'll kind of clarify itself a little bit. Lamar Jackson, certainly one of those guys. Um, The vote could get split in San Fran with Purdy and McCaffrey. I'll just say this. Back in 05, Sean Alexander won the MVP. Mike Holmgren was our head coach. Uh, Brett Favre had won three consecutive MVPs uh, when I was in Green Bay. Mike Holmgren was the coach. And hearing what Mike Holmgren would say to our team, and I particularly remember this with Sean Alexander. He was like, we are going to go for this award. We are going to get Sean this award. We're going to get him the NFL touchdown record. Sean, you're going to do it, but you're not going to do it alone. You're going to do it with our fullback, Max Strong, with our offensive line, Walter Jones and Steve Hutchinson. This is a team award. Okay, the MVP is a team award. This is a feather in the cap. We had two wide receivers that year from Penn State, Joe Jared Vicious and Bobby Ingram, who knew how to block in the running game. And he challenged the wide receivers. You, right here, you might be the difference in Sean Alexander getting this award. So I don't know who 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 who's, who should get the award. I don't know, but I do think, I do know this. There are coaches and players in the NFL who, if their teammate gets it, they view it as like, we got it. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're all chasing a Lombardi. They want to hoist a Lombardi. But the MVP is, is a cool thing, obviously, for the guy who gets it, but, but for the teammates as well. And we felt that with Sean when he earned it. And um, it was just a really, really cool thing. What were you like when you're watching Favre do what he's doing and trying to understand how to play quarterback in the NFL? Because I don't think anything he does is applicable to what you did when you were a starter. Yes and no. Like Brett, uh, you know, Brett, you see the wild stuff. But I'll I'll say this. My very first quarterback meeting that I ever had was with Andy Reid. He was our quarterback's coach in Green Bay. And he said, listen, Brett Favre is amazing, okay? But his decision-making, his fundamentals, you know, those types of things, they're terrible. So don't study that. (laughs) Do not study that. What I want you to study is all the other stuff, the intangibles, how he leads the huddle, how he leads the team how he knows the name of everybody in the building, how he intimidates the opponent without even saying one word. And so it was those types of things. The other, the other thing that I noticed about him is like in college, for me, I played a little bit like a robot. All right, if they're in an under front, they bring two backers here, I throw the hot to the running back. Brett was like, man, screw that. I don't freaking care. The Z receiver's open. Robert Brooks is open. Antonio Freeman's open. Mark Chamura's open. I don't care. And so, and and I would hear Mike Holmgren say this, he'd say, Brett, you're an artist, not a blacksmith. You're an artist, not a mathematician. And so he just played ball like you played at recess when you had a snow day and you were just out in the front yard of the street with your friends. And so like that, I think, is what I took from him. Yes, it's important to play on time. You know, I was I was looking the fun at the fundamentals of the backup quarterback Doug Peterson, but I was watching sort of like the reckless abandoned fun that Brett Favre played with, and there's a fine line, and it um, it took me like three years to figure it out, but it was cool. It was definitely cool. Sterling Sharp not in the Hall of Fame. What are we missing here? Well, the Hall of Fame is an imperfect science. There's a lot of lobbying, as you know. It's uh, it's a little political. It's a lot of timing. I'll just know this. When I got to Green Bay, Sterling Sharp was not there. But the way that Brett Favre coached every receiver 
at all times, the, the sentence would usually start something like this. Well, this is what Sterling would used to do, or this is what Sterling told me. So his impact there was felt for many years after. Yeah, he was dominating, man. And then, like Terrell Davis got in, injury cut short his career, and I don't know why we, we don't apply that with, with Sterling, maybe. Uh, and like, how many years do you need to play at a high level before you go, you know, that's Hall of Fame worthy? In today's game, you know, Gail Sears yeah. got in, he got injured, you know, with his knee. Yeah. Never came back, but Terrell Davis, that's not that long ago. When I was playing, the the thing it was said in locker rooms, I don't know if it was true, was six Pro Bowls. Six Pro Bowls gets you to Canton. But uh, but Pro Bowls have changed. You know, guys bail out. You know, you're you're going to the Pro Bowl, but you're not voted to the Pro Bowl. It's a it's a very now there is no Pro Bowl, you know, so like it's it's a different thing. But I think Terrell Davis in out in uh and Alex Gibbs and you know John like they they kind of brought that zone scheme and sort of changed the game and if you look at the run game that you see in the NFL right now um like if you had to point to a, if I had to point to a point where it's just like oh it really started to change here with that Mike Shanahan offense that now you see you know everybody running um you, you know Terrell Davis had a huge part of that it's great to talk to you and I uh, hope you're enjoying the high school stuff Seems like uh, a lot of fun if they listen to you. Who are you channeling here? What what former coach are you? Are you? It's a it's a lot of Mike Holmgren. It's a lot of Jim Zorn. Actually, it's a, it's a little bit of Pete Carroll. Um, I was coaching my son though, who is the senior quarterback. So it was a lot of Mike Holmgren and me. A little bit of clashing at times, but uh, <laughs> we we won the state championship this year. So it was a great. It was like. Uh, at Gillette, it's the first time that I've ever won a game at Gillette, so it felt, <laughs> it felt pretty good. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you, and uh, thanks again for joining us. Anytime. That's Matt Hasselbeck, former NFL quarterback, led the Seahawks to the Super Bowl in uh, 05 and worked for the Mothership as well. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. We will give you our best and worst of the weekend right after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time for our best and worst of the weekend. Todd, I'm going to start with you. My best is the Knicks' Jalen Brunson Friday night in Phoenix went 9-for-9 nine nine from three-point range, scoring a career-high 50 points in a 139-122 win. First NBA player to score 50 or more points in a game while shooting 100% on at least eight three-point attempts. 12-for-12 from the field, 8-for-8 from behind the arc and scoring 35 second-half points. Worst of the weekend, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaking his hip Friday night after a fall while attending a concert in L.A. He was due to have surgery this past Saturday. Also, I just found out the passing of former North Carolina Eric Montrose star on Sunday at age 52. Oh, wow. He had cancer, I believe, for a while. Um, Seton, best and worst of the weekend. My best of the weekend, the Jets are now eliminated from the playoffs, which means I think, I think we can finally put that last nail in the coffin of the Will Aaron Rodgers return this season storyline. Now, I'm not saying that he won't try to, but I think we've just made it more or less likely that he will. Okay. I think it would be crazy to the, for the Jets to let him play. Yes. Unless Robert Sala realizes I need some momentum here. I got to keep this locker room. I got to keep my job. And if Aaron Rodgers can help me do that, then we can say to Aaron, I know it's important for you to come back to be able to prove that your medicine was different than anybody else's. And it's really important to Aaron. I get that. I think if your ownership, you're like, no, no, no. Can't come back. Yeah, Paul. Do you think Rodgers wants the announcement of clear to play, clear to completely clear to play? Because if they sure. put him on the sidelines in a full uniform and they can only put two quarterbacks on the sidelines, there's a, you know, what, a 50-50 chance he ends up in that ball game. I think Wilson's already hurt. I don't know if you could put him in a uniform. I, that's dangerous. That's a tricky situation. I, I, okay. Especially with that offensive line. Yeah. Where the chances of your quarterback going out for a couple plays is pretty high. Yeah. I, I, there's just no way. But that guy... You it's know. so important for Aaron to be able to tell you I told you so. Mm. That's it. What else do you have, Seaton? Uh, my worst of the weekend is Major League Soccer deciding to pull their first teams out of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open uh, Cup moving forward, um, which is just crushing to the tournament. So the U.S. Open Cup is the longest-running soccer competition in the United States, and it's a knockout tournament where uh, pretty much anybody can enter. So that's anybody from MLS teams down to amateur and semi-pro teams. Um, so there's 
you know, the New England Revolution could end up playing, say, like if there was a team called the Milford Wanderers and they, the Milford won their way up, they would eventually play the MLS teams. So one of the main purposes of the tournament is to grow the game and help the lower level teams survive. Um, and the way it's supposed to work is the larger MLS teams, they go to smaller markets, and this is the smaller market's chance to play against the bigger teams. And what comes with that is a huge revenue boost, which is like ticket sales, concessions, all of that stuff. The atmosphere is usually absolutely insane. Um, but with the growth of soccer um, in this country, those games are getting better and better, and the lower-level teams are doing better against the MLS teams. So like this year, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who are a USL championship team, they knocked the New England Revolution out of the tournament. Then after that, they knocked the Columbus Crew out of the tournament. Columbus Crew went on to win MLS this year. They were the champions, but they lost to a USL championship team in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Um, so there's been a little MLS has slowly been pulling themselves out of it and bagging on the tournament, but it's probably the closest thing that we have in this country to what soccer is supposed to be about. That game is about win and you advance, lose and you don't, you know, and that's really the only thing that we have here. Major League Soccer is a closed system where if you lose, it doesn't matter. You don't get relegated. You're just in last and now you get a better draft pick. And that's not really what the game is is supposed to be about. And so we're just as we're having the most important couple of years in the United States for soccer with Copa America coming here and uh, the World Cup coming here, Major League Soccer has basically decided to pull up the ladder behind them um, for no other reason other than they can. They have all the money, they have all the power, and they're like, well, we decided we're not going to be a part of this anymore, and it's not our responsibility to help these other teams anymore. You guys figure it out. And it's just, it's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. It's a terrible thing that Major League Soccer and Don Garber have done. Terrible. Marvin, best and worst of the weekend. Man, see him with the hammer. All right, uh, best of the weekend, Baker Mayfield, 381 yards, four TDs. Uh, other best, Keegan Murray, 47 points, including going 12 for 15 from three-point range. Yeah, Man, light the beam, Sacramento. And this happens when Steph Curry goes the first game in, what, 268 games without a three-pointer made? I think it's 248. 248? Yep. Yeah. Well, what's 20 games with you know, going that long right. with Steph Curry? Yes, uh, Pauly, best and worst. I was going to go Sam Laporte of the Lions, but on Brandy, and I'm staying with small football, 1AA FCS championship is set. Montana Grizz against South Dakota State. That's a couple of heavyweights. January 7th for the FCS championship. Division three title was this weekend. Cortland, 38-37 over North Central. Great game. And then Division two champion Harding Bisons. Or Bisons. Harding, either way. It's definitely Harding. 38-7 over the Colorado School of the Mines. Hmm. Not the yours, the Mines. Mm. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Um, Sam Laporta, three touchdowns yesterday. Great rookie year. Or was that yesterday? Saturday. I, I mean, I know C.J. Stroud is your rookie of the year, but, man, you talk about what this player has meant to that team. That draft by, by what, what Detroit did, who did they take? Jack Campbell, yep. Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. They've all contributed. And I think all three draft picks, people went, huh? You're taking Gibbs that high? Who is Jack Campbell? And you're going to take a tight end from Iowa? They've all contributed. All right, final hour in the way. More phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked you didn't like. 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler is standing by to take your phone calls. 
Two hours in the books on this Monday. One more to go. Dan Patrick Show. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.